Christ the deer panteth for the water so my soul longeth after thee I love you more than any other so much more than anything you alone are my strength my shield to you alone may my spirit yield you alone are my heart's desire So today we're still looking at Psalm 119, 65 to 72. And the key word in the psalm is the word good. And the key reality is that this is a presentation of the school of hard knocks. So let's take a few moments and walk through the curriculum in the school of hard knocks. So in verse 65 through 68, you see the first lesson we learned, and that's we learn that God is good and God does good. So look and see how we learn that. It begins, you have dealt well with your servant, or your dealings are good to your servant. It's good in the past tense. But notice that it's the goodness is in light of and it's learned according to your word. This is not some vague general benevolence. This is not cosmic Santa Claus. This is goodness according to the word or according to your promises, depending on your translation. And what we see here is that it's the word, it's the promises, are the conduits through which the goodness of God flows to us. What type of God is he? You have to go to the Word. How does the goodness flow to you? It flows through the Word. The image John Calvin liked to use is, in essence, it's the promises of God are like the pipes through which divine grace can flow into our life. So it's according to the Word. Now notice one of the first lessons he has to learn is teach me discernment. Or you could translate that, teach me to taste that you are good. Teach me good taste. See, he has to have his faculties of taste trained to distinguish between good and evil. I mean, think about that for a moment. We need our faculties of taste trained, both in the physical life and the spiritual life. We need to be trained to love the things that we should love. Some things are easy to love. They're easy to taste. Other things, you have to develop a taste for it. And what he's asking for here is that the Lord will train his taste to taste that which is good. And then notice the next lesson. So that's a key lesson in the school of hard knocks. It's what teaches us to taste that which is good. 
And notice how he goes there in verse 67. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. See, it was before I went through the school of hard knocks, I didn't know what the good really was. But once I had gone through that school, I learned to be able to taste the things that truly are sweet. And think about that in your own life. How many of the most precious things in life do you just take for granted until some trial comes and then you're reminded of what's good, what's true, what's beautiful? And C.S. Lewis said that there are just certain things in life that we take for granted and don't even think about, that if we lost, we would move heaven and earth to try and get back. Have you ever seen someone who's had a tragic injury and they lost the function of maybe their legs and seen how dedicated they are and with what heroic energy they'll try to learn to walk again. And that's something we just take for granted and don't even think about until it's gone. And so the afflictions can take us through the school of hard, the school of hard knocks can teach us to appreciate the things we do have in some area of our life. We're all like the prodigal son. It was when he was in the far country, when he went through the famine, when he was starving, when he lost all that was precious to him, he was able to come to his senses and recognize how good he actually had it with the Father. And that hard experience of loss for him was good because it brought him back to where he should have been all along. And then notice the way this lesson is summarized in verse 68. You are good and you do good. Isn't that amazing? Our tastes have been trained to taste that which is good. And notice the first thing he declares is good. You are good. The Lord is good. It is through the school of hard knocks that he's learned to taste and see that the Lord is good. But then notice, even after that declaration in verse 68, it's, teach me your statutes. I've been afflicted. I've learned that you're good. Now teach me. It's almost like he's saying, if you don't afflict me, then I won't learn. I mean, how does that logic work? How does affliction improve the intellect? Oftentimes, when you're going through affliction, it doesn't feel like it improves the intellect. It doesn't feel like it'll sharpen the concentration. Oftentimes, when you're going through affliction, you feel numb. You feel lifeless. You can't focus. You can't think. You feel numb and empty. But yet, it's often through those afflictions that we learn lessons we can never learn any other way. But then in 69 through 72, we move into a second major stage of the curriculum in the school of hard knocks. And notice in 69, the arrogant have forged a lie against me. With all my heart, I observe your precepts. Their heart is covered with fat. So you have the arrogant and their lying against him. And what this has taught him, in essence, is who his real friends are. You see whose side you're really on once you've gone through 
the affliction. And notice they're self-exalting. That's part of the arrogant. They're self-exalting. And then they're unfeeling. That's what that image, their heart's covered in fat. It doesn't mean they're just like unhealthy. What that means is that their hearts don't feel. They don't have any empathy. But then even this, the experience of the attacks of the arrogant has taught him. He will still delight in their law. With all his heart, he'll observe the precepts. Their hearts may be unresponsive and unempathetic, but his heart will say, stay soft to the word. And that's how affliction can be a great benefit for you if it softens you to others and to the word. But it can make you harder. It can make you arrogant. It can make you harder. It can make you angry. You know, affliction, in many ways, the image the Bible uses is the wilderness. And in the wilderness, you can either die or you can depend on the Lord. Those are your options. And he gets to the end of his lessons in the school of hard knocks in verse 71. It is good for me that I was afflicted so that I may learn. And this is a theme we see all throughout the Bible. See it in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 8 where the Lord says he sends them into the wilderness that he might humble them and test you and to do good to you in the end. Or Isaiah 38, Behold, it was for my welfare that I had this great bitterness. It's for my welfare. It was to do good to you in the end. So here's the question. Is there a time in your life that you can think of when your life was going along smoothly. Things were quite easy. And then did something happen to change that? And then look at verse 67 and 71. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. It is good for me that I was afflicted. Can you sing those songs? Can you say that truly? Has there been an experience in your life of affliction that you now can see was actually God's goodness to you all along. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly Praise 